Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Today is National Pumpkin Day over here in the United States of America. I don't know how it is over in UK. I don't know if that was yesterday or tomorrow, the time difference and all that shit. But I will say this. Happy Halloween to everybody out here doing this shit. Uh, I know that all of your kids are going to be out there, you know, uh, uh, going door to door. Do we still do that? Is that still a thing? I know a lot of people just like flock to the churches so they don't have to walk very far. You know how all these fat ass mamas. No, I'm playing. Everybody does, what's it called? Trunk or treat where you just dress up the trunk of your car and be like, this is my house. <laughs> and take a piece of candy. Be like, Oh, thank you so much. Dots, what the fuck is this? I didn't ask for fucking gumdrops, bitch. They open up the box and throw them at him. Get out of here with that bullshit. <laughs> I, I drank way too much before doing this shit. Um, to be honest, though, uh, the, the rest of the show will not be as bad. I am fooling right now just as a heads up. Plus, let's get into Chandler Bing. Yeah. I'm talking about, look, so many people, if you don't know who Chandler Bing is, he's the uh, Chandler. He from uh, his name is Matthew Perry from fucking. Um, what's that shit called? Friends, you know, Matthew Perry Chandler. He was like the guy that went to Yemen. He's like, I'm going to Yemen. No shit, bitch, because you can't tell that bitch to fuck off. Anyways. I, there were so many moments in that show that I was all like, if you would just nut up, you wouldn't have to shut up. So anyways, <laughs> uh, there's that. So many people got mad at me uh, for my Facebook, uh, social media. I don't give a fuck about Facebook. So I post whatever the fuck I want. And so I, I posted a meme with uh, David Schwimmer, who is Ross. And then underneath that picture is Matthew Perry, who is Chandler. And so at the very top, David Schwimmer, his name is Schwimmer. So in the meme, his name, uh, it says Schwimmer. And then Raw, I mean, I'm sorry, Chandler underneath him, it, the, the caption says non-Schwimmer because he died. Those of you that have been living under a rock. And don't know by now. Everybody posted this shit on their social media and their feeds and their Twitters and shit that were like, oh my gosh, RIP, rest in peace. You were not a fucking fan. You were not a fucking fan. Come down off your fucking high horse. You are not a fucking fan of this guy. He hasn't made a movie since God knows the fuck when. Let me, like, there's a very slim hair of a chance that you were watching friends just last week and if you were then by all means i stand corrected but those of you who weren't who are all like too soon oh it's too soon go fuck yourselves you don't give a fuck about matthew perry wait wait hold on hold on i'm getting a call right now i'm getting a call oh shit Hold on, hold on. Hello? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm doing the podcast right now. Oh, oh, for real? All right, all right. I'll tell them. Uh, uh, I'll tell them right now. Oh, thank you. All right, man. I'll, I'll I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. So that was uh that was Matthew Parents uh Perry's family, and he was saying thank you all, who they don't know ever in their lives for sticking up for them. Thank you so much, you fucking twats. Go fuck yourselves. Fucking cunts. Anyways. <laughs> Matthew Perry died. So fucking what? What's the last movie he was in? Uh the one with uh <laughs> where he knocks up that um uh Selma Hayek. Like what what was the last movie? I bet you don't even know. You don't even fucking know. Anyways, uh, hey, forgive me for being 100% real here, but it's like right now nobody is thinking of Medea, right? Medea or or Tyler Perry, (laughs) another Perry. What if Tyler Perry just dies tonight and everyone's all like, oh my God, oh R.I.P. He was such a good actor. Blah, blah, blah. Like, bitch, what kind of pity party are you looking to get off of social media? Is that where you stroke your ego by having somebody who doesn't give a shit pretend to give a shit? I don't fucking know. Anyways, that I'm so that's one of the main reasons why I'm so fucking sick of social media is because people fake their feelings to give other people a fucking uh, validation jerk off. Anyways, guys, let's start this fucking show. This podcast is brought to you by the one and only eebotanicals.com. That's right, everybody. eebotanicals.com has your any need that you need revolving kratom, even extracts. Check them out. It's coming out. They got more and more new stuff rolling out. Veteran-owned company. You know the spiel. This is your spot. If you're a fan of Kratom and you like it, then by all means, might as well get more bang for your buck, right? I mean, you can get a kilo for like 100 bucks now, so it's not bad. Um, Now remember, what's better than, you know, opening up a kilo with a knife and being like, yep, that's the shit right there. You know, Boston Tea Party and stuff. I'm fucking up. Yeah, everybody right now, you can go to eebotanicals.com and use the promo code TRIBE10. You can get that good old 10% off your order. It does add up. By all means, check that out. All right, let's get on with it. What's up? What's up? Welcome back, everybody, to the Psilocybe Tribe Podcast. 
All right. Of course, you know it's your host, the one and only, wearing a um, a American flag cowboy hat that I got for free um, from the lovable people. Thank you. I'm rocking this hat. Uh, okay, hold on. I got to take this shit. All right. I, I simply just could not fit the, the headphones on with this uh, cowboy hat. But you know what? Yeehaw, we are in Texas. What's up, everybody? Don't believe the hype. Everybody trying to move to Texas or thinking about moving to Texas. It's a complete and total sham. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You know what it is? I'll, I'll tell you what we have in Texas. In Texas, we have this this overwhelming battle against um, uh, the Mexicans. That's right. I'm talking about all brown folks. Mexicans, dude, they're fighting each other because you got Mexicans from California. And, I mean, I got some good friends over there in California, especially some Mexicans, too. And then you got the Mexicans here in Texas. Now, one one of the other likes to say, oh, we're closer to Mexico than you and blah, 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 blah. We're kind of the same in a, in a way. But the way they do things in Mexico, you know, whether it's Mexican food and shit, it's constantly criticized by those Mexicans here in Texas. And that's just the way it goes. Like, like there's a, you know what you don't see? I don't think you see Salvadorians shitting on each other. It's like, bro, we're both brown Mexican people. You know, I, I just, <laughs> I just think it's funny. Uh, I think it's hilarious. But yeah, I'm seeing that a lot, you know, especially when it comes to like barbecue or or Mexican food, there's always, there's always like, oh, you know, California's like, you got to have avocado. Or, or, you know, you got to put some sugar instead of salt. I don't know. I don't know fucking recipes and shit. I just watch my mother-in-law make this stuff. Big shout out to Mexico. Uh, I won't give too many details, but um, I've, I've got a good friend in Mexico. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to shut up. But anyways, guys, we are back. And Spooky Season 1 was a hit. Um, of course, we were talking about scary movies and horror and how it's impacted the world today. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I am a huge fan of cinema. Why is it that the oldies are always better than what we got now? Like, we used to have props. If you guys remember the movie The Thing, The Thing was before CGI and shit, and it actually used props. That's true. If you haven't seen that movie The Thing, there, there's two versions. There's a newer age version, and then there's the old, old school version. Virgin. <laughs> version. Um, yeah, I recommend watching the old school version. It's a... God, why do I keep saying virgin? Am I, is it, is it, am I a virgin? <laughs> hey, man, my virgin ears can't take this version of virgin. Anyways, uh, yeah, the thing, the the old version, um, it starts off, I believe, with uh, people in a helicopter. They're shooting, like they're shooting right the this rifle at a dog, and it's just like, tika, tika. like you just hear the bullets. And then one person on the foot on the ground eventually comes in contact with the dog, 
And then the dog is, you know, they're just like, hey, don't fucking kill this dog, you asshole, you fucking people. And uh, I think it's a dog or a wolf, one of those. And turns out that the thing is able to morph into anything it touches or animals and people and shit. And it just kills people. Um, it, it's a cool, if you're looking for something to watch, um, you know, for this Halloween season, I say the thing is great. The Exorcist, I mean, it's a little cliche, but like I said before in the last episode, it's been amazing, amazing horror film. I mean, I think it really shaped the way, the, the future of horror genres or the genre of horror. Why do I have shit backwards today? I'm just, who knows? It's like I have plenty of time and I'm over here just trying to rush it. Maybe I need to just slow down. Let me just... That's my, my air blunt. <laughs> I'm smoking an air blunt here. Anyways, guys. So I thought we would uh, continue this. Now, the last so the last episode, we spoke on film and cinema. So this one, I feel like it's great to really get into scary shit and maybe some uh, killer people, you know, murderers, uh, even one that hits close to home. Uh, that's right. Uh, Ennis, Texas, there was a, uh, a woman. Uh, well, yeah, she's a woman now. She was on the run. And I don't know. I'm going to check out here in a second whether or not she's been captured. But let me get the story first. All right, let's get into this. This one is a girl uh, that people in Ennis, Texas know locally or have definitely heard of. Her name is Jennifer Samantha Puente. <laughs> All right, another bitch that got caught. Anyways, so just, you know, for those that you don't, you know, that don't know about this, this fucking story, it, it has been, by the way, over a decade since the body of a 15-year-old girl named Mariah Gonzalez was found discarded and on fucking fire in a field in NS, Texas. So police at the time, they had said that Mariah's then, at the time, 18-year-old boyfriend or friend had stabbed a girl to death, transported the body over to the field, and then set the shit on fire. But authorities, they were unable to find that bitch for fucking 11 years. 11 years, guys. That shit is crazy. Now, if, you know, if uh, this guy Joe Alvarado, an accomplice during that time, had intervened when uh, the 15-year-old Mariah was killed just a few feet away from him, then maybe she would have been still alive. But you know what Alvarado told CNN? Uh, it was The Hunt with Josh, Josh, John Walsh. He was like, it is what it is. <laughs> Everybody dies. Like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? He said, uh, I guess somewhere inside me, there's a regret of not doing something. I could have done something. I, I know that I could have. If only he had. But... Bitch-ass motherfucker didn't. Yeah, that's right. And now, your whole ass is, is serving a fucking 
34-year sentence for murder in a Texas prison where uh, he eventually started to reveal shocking details alleging how his ex-girlfriend, I knew they were fucking, Jennifer Puente, killed that girl Mariah. And while he just sat there a few feet away, you know what? What are you finna do, bro? You you doing any... Men will do anything for the pussy. All right? Dudes will do anything to get that dick sucked and that ass cheeks clapped. All right? So, of course, he's just going to stand there and not do shit. Of course. But police caught up with this dumbass. Uh, I believe somewhere in like in a motel. Man, never use your real name, idiot. Anyways, Puente is on the run from police, right? Missing since 2012. Now, growing up in South Dallas, you know, area Waxahachie, Texas, Mariah, she was a fun-loving, headstrong teen with an adult-ass attitude. She would, she'd pick a fight with anybody that started with, uh, started anything with anyone that she was really down for. And uh, I think she remembered Kendall Dodson. I guess that was her best friend. Um, So, of course, the youngest of four sisters in a tight-knit family, Mariah, she was blessed with a doting mother and was the apple of her daddy's eye. It's kind of creepy. So, Robert Gonzalez is a former boxer. He used to fuck motherfuckers up. Left and right with his hands. He would dap them up. He would dot their eyes for sure before he crossed the T's. Get it? <laughs> Anyways, he uh, he's repeatedly denied his bo- uh, his daughter's request to like teach her how to fight. And he would always say no because he wanted her to grow up first. You know, you don't want to sit there and make a fucking killer out of a child. I understand that. As a father, I get it. But with today's society, you got to whoop some ass nowadays. Like, if you don't be whooping ass or if you don't look like you can whoop ass, uh, they, they're going to sit there and, and try to get up, get one up on you. That's just the way, you know, it's eat or be eaten type shit nowadays. Ain't that a bitch? That's, that's a shitty world, but that's where we are. <laughs> Anyways, so... Mariah, she grew up fast when she started hanging out with like an older crowd. And that would include the 18-year-old Jennifer Puente. You know, the bitch that fucking killed her. Um, And this is who like the police described as a alpha female. The the Jennifer Puente, the 18-year-old. She was like a tough young girl that's used to getting her way. You know, she was a go-getter. And she pushed anybody out the fucking way. She wore her defiance permanently inked on her body. Uh, she had this tattoo that's, uh, that ended up standing out to people. And it was the one that says, like, fuck everybody on her shoulder. And, uh, I mean, that's... <sighs> Bro, if you get fuck everybody tattooed on you, I, I think you might be about that life. All right? that That might... You know, some people would be like, oh, you trying to start some shit? Lift up their shirt, and then you see the butt of their gun. No, this bitch will pull on her collar and show her shoulder like, fuck everybody. It's like, of course, interruptions. That That's where it's... 
Of course, man. You know, imagine that. You just like you see somebody talking tough. They pull their uh they end up pulling their shoulder down, like their collar down and exposing their shoulder and it says fuck everybody. <laughs> now you wanna know what's fucking sad is that uh Jennifer, she had a baby boy with this man named Johnny Wells Jr. When um when Wells launched a custody battle for his son, police said that Jennifer showed her violent nature by slashing his tires. Man, isn't that classic woman shit? Slash the tires when all else fails and they show that you're a psycho. Slash the tires. You know what they always say is like if you slash three tires that the insurance will pay for it. But if they slash all four tires, the insurance, uh, I guess, or no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you slash three tires, the insurance won't pay for it. But if you slash all four tires, they will. And, I mean, like, who's to say, bro, if, that, if I saw all three of my tires slashed, I'm going to get that last one and say, fuck it. Insurance, go ahead and pay for that. Like, that's stupid. That's a dumbass move. But anyways, back to the story. This bitch slashing tires and shit. So, yeah, Jennifer, the killer bitch, she was, like, making threats, wanting to kill people, burn people's bodies and so forth. She was on that Diablo shit, right? That pinche brujeria. <laughs> she was on that crackola. And anyways, you know, he says, I was just thinking in my head, that, like, this stuff was serious. That was her baby daddy. You know he's got to make himself look good for the fucking public. So, the Alvarado guy, he first met Puente at a plastic warehouse factory in Ennis. Ooh, I bet that's Sterlite. <laughs> Where they both worked. They'd only known each other for, like, two or three weeks before the day of that murder. And it was on a Friday. Don't kill the bitch on a Friday. That's the worst day to die. Especially on the 13th. Oh, it was three days later. March 16th, uh, 2012. Alvarado said that he, that bitch Jennifer Puente and Mariah, they were all hanging out at his mama's crib. They were smoking a synthetic form of marijuana. You know that K2 shit that went all around giving people fucking brain seizures and shit? I know, I was there. So, Jennifer, you know, she was doing some cocaine, he said. She put a knife under uh, Mariah's chin. And he said, uh, and, and asked Mariah, what is it that you said about not being afraid to die? Oh, you know, this bitch is crazy. Remember on that shoulder, she got that fuck everybody. So Mariah, she was all trying to act hard and shit. She goes, uh, I, I'm not afraid to die. Mar That's what Mariah told Puente, uh, that she didn't have the guts to do it. Ooh, she told the wrong bitch. So, apparently, Puente followed through on her threat after a heated struggle and stabbed Mariah in the stomach. And I don't know how many times that shit was, but anyways, it was, um, let's see. Mariah was telling her, you're fucking crazy. Get off of me. 
I was under the influence. I really don't want to be involved with this shit. Yeah, yeah, you flaked off real quick. What happened to, I wasn't, I'm not afraid to die. <laughs> Bitch ass. Anyways. <laughs> the room grew quiet as Mariah just lay motionless with Puente on top of her. She probably just sitting there stabbing the shit out of her. So, Alvarado, this dude goes, what the hell? What'd you do? Why'd you do it? And for, like, the power trip that Puente uh, had, she was all like, uh, I guess she carved a pentagram and some other bullshit on Mariah's body. So, see, that's that bru pinche brujeria, man. That's, that's that bullshit she be on. Man, she was on that coat. That must have been some good-ass coat to make you feel like, y'all ever fuck with cocaine before? Like, damn. It just makes me want to have sex, but I don't know about you guys. I mean, supposedly some people be wanting to kill people and stuff. But anyway, Puente uh, and Alvarado, they agreed, dumped the body, and uh, they decided to leave Mariah on uh, along the side of a road that the couple took to get to work. And uh, he says, I instructed Jennifer how to pour the gas, and she did it pretty carelessly. Then we set fire. Well, see, that's that's where you fucked up, dude. You shouldn't have admitted that because that's a hard thing to prove. Like, this dude basically told on himself and he folded under the pressure of police. It just, it, he has no idea. He doesn't know shit about interrogation. But anyways, at 6.59 a.m., Saturday, March 17th, 911 caller reported what looked like a burning human body on the roadside because it just simply didn't make sense to put it somewhere way off into the woods where you wouldn't find them. No, let's just put it in front of everybody. What a like that's a, that, that should just let you know how stupid these kids were. <sighs> they do not speak for all Texans. Anyways, after stopping to get gas and cigarettes, Alvarado said that he and that bitch Puente, they went back to the house and chilled for a little bit. When they had to smoke some cigarettes and probably get some gas, I don't think they were old enough to get beer, so, you know, they weren't drinking. So they went back to the house and chilled for a little while. Alvarado said that Jennifer seemed pretty nonchalant about the killing. She just, she didn't feel no remorse over it. She felt like she was hard all of a sudden, you know. She was, like, proud of that shit. So, anyways, Jennifer continued to go to work. She is, uh, he's, he ended up saying, like, me, I was just kind of numb from the experience. I, I just got high every day. Bro, don't, don't use that as, as an excuse to get fucking buzzed. We know what it is. There, is. there are some people that smoke weed every day. No shame in the game. Anyways, uh, when when they said when they saw the news reports about Mariah's body being found, Alvarado said they gotta run. It's time to bounce. And uh, then after authorities ID'd the body as Mariah's. Police pulled her phone records and learned that she had last called Puente. What a stupid move. So that links her right to her. So uh, Puente's sister, 
then told police that Puente said that she and Alvarado had killed Mariah. Oh, sister done snitched on you, dog. Sister snitches. Man, don't worry. My brother be snitching sometimes, too. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, an anonymous tip. Yep, anonymous, quote, tip. Tracked Puente and Alvarado to a motel in Grand Prairie, Texas. Authorities picked up Alvarado nearby when an officer spotted him on the street. Now, when police started pulling up to the motel room, Puente was gone. The room was a mess. They had fast food sacks and empty beer bottles. Oh, okay, so they did get some beer. They had to calm their nerves, right? <laughs> now, maybe because she had fled the room quickly, Police said that Puente left her purse and her wallet, including her ID and social security card. They found hair dye, suggesting that she tried to change her appearance and cover her shit up. Now, police, you know, they, they've been close to capturing Puente, sometimes trailing her by just hours or even minutes. And it's likely she's living under a false alias. Uh, that, that was from Texas Ranger Bobo. Because at this point, no traces have been determined. Now, before his arrest, Alvarado sometimes saw Mariah when he looked into the mirror. Say he was on that crazy shit. How are you going to see? look at yourself in the mirror and see that bitch? And uh, the police said that they even found a towel draped over the dresser mirror in that couple's motel room. Man, I wonder if right after they got that room, they were smashing. They had to be fucking. You know, they're young, they're crazy. They're probably fucking. So, four years later, Ennis Police Detective Paul Aspie still calls it the worst homicide case of his career. That's how, boy, you ain't been to Chicago then. He's like, I just want it closed. I just want it finished. Yeah, that's exactly what the newspaper wants to hear. You don't, you don't give a fuck. All he cares about is that easy paycheck and the donuts and croissants <laughs> with your coffee. Lots of coffee. Anyways, um, so Mariah's mother has been able to find her own sense of peace. And it started when she saw Alvarado in court where she had a chance to say something to him. And uh, he says, now, mind you, this is the girl that got killed, her mama. He's like, you have broke us. You have broke my family. But all I want to say to you is, I'll forgive you. Now, that is powerful. That is beyond fucking powerful. Damn. He shit. He's like, uh, she goes, I, I had to let go of my anger. I had to, and I couldn't hold it up. I just couldn't. Mariah's cousin, Sabrina Contreras, she said uh, it, it felt good to have at least one be accountable, accountable for what happened to Mariah. And ultimately, police say that Puente must bear her share of the responsibility for her death, and they are showing no signs of giving up on her search for her. And um, they always say as uh, the case isn't closed until she's apprehended and gets her jail sentence. Well, 
That was a while back. Guess what? They found that bitch in right here in the same fucking city that she was responsible for killing her in. What a dumbass move. That's when I tell you, this bitch is beyond fucking stupid. Stupid and fucking retarded. And so now she's locked up. And uh, she got caught up. Oh, no, no, no. Actually, she got caught up in Mexico and got extradited back to the U.S. And now she uh, she's gone for life. Well, to be honest, I, I don't know if it's actually life or just what, but... I mean, come on. What do you expect for tw- uh, 10 to 20, 20 to life? That's that's crazy. But, yeah, that's it. How, does anybody else in the maybe listening in, do you have a, a, a killer from your hometown that went to school with you that everybody knows about? I mean, they're the talk of the town for, like, I don't know, what, a few, six weeks, and then nobody gives a fuck no more. Nowadays, deaths are a dime a dozen. But anyways, uh, let, let's see if we can find another one. Now, I don't know about you guys, but there's a lot of people out there who, um, I guess, they they know people that they went to school with or was in their, their hometown that end up killing people. And by all means, there's nothing more disturbing than a fucking murder. Especially when it's committed by like a t- a child or a teenager, and I mean it's even more horrifying now. According to a study published by the National Institute of Health, approximately seventy four children—that's ages zero to fourteen—murder someone every year in the United States. And that makes me really think twice about whether I want to go out or not. Like, is them crab legs and shrimp really worth my life? Fuck yeah, I'm going for that shit. I'm going to take my pistol with me. It's me against you, bitch. What's up? Anyways, when you add in, like, unsolved murder and unreported cases, the tally just has to be so much higher than that. But anyways, we're going to take a look at 10 such children whose ages... Range from like 17 all the way down to fucking 11 years old. Bro, imagine fucking whacking somebody at 11. Like, your brain has to be chemically or something changed at that point. Now, we may never fully understand the psychological, neurological, and the experiential uh factors that that drive these kids to engage in such violent attacks but we can try to learn as much as we can from their case studies so we're going to start with number one and this is another texas not looking good on this is it her name is christine baulia i hope i said that right if not i don't give a fuck this was uh, 2003, and uh, she's 17 years old from Clear Lake City, Texas. Anybody here in Texas listening in, you might know this bitch. She was 17 years old in 2003 when her classmates at Clear Lake High School voted her Miss Irresistible. Unfortunately, this was also the, the year that she became a murderer. Wait, looking at this chick, this is who the fuck they chose as Miss Irresistible? 
Damn, your standards was lower than a bitch. Anyways, <laughs> on July 18th, Christine and her boyfriend, Christopher Snyder, they went to visit friends um, Marcus Priscilla, Tiffany Rawell, and uh, Adelbert, we'll just call it Adele Sanchez, and Rachel Cunnilingus with the intention of stealing their drugs. Ooh, okay. Got some drugs involved here. Please don't be mushrooms. <laughs> An argument ensued and the four victims were shot. Oh, fuck. And beaten to death. Jesus. Holy shit. The pair initially got away with the quadruple murder. Quadruple homicide at the age of 17, ladies and gentlemen. Holy fuck. Anyways. Uh, police had no clues or evidence leading to a perp. Now, I guess after hearing that, all they had to do was just keep their fucking heads down. But, you know. The victims' families, they helped the police investigation by printing out flyers. They send out mass mailings, emails, going door to door. Ultimately, they raised more than $100,000 to offer as a reward in the case. Now, others, they worked with police to, re to release composite uh, sketches of the suspects, which were, of course, posted on the billboards throughout Houston. Several years later, they got an anonymous tip, somebody snitching, phoned in to the police with the details of the crime along with two names, Christine and Christopher. Snyder would then take his own life before he would be arrested. That motherfucker said, you'll never take me alive. <laughs> hey, man, he really lived the Wild West to, to the end. Um, Christine was apprehended at a hotel in San Antonio, Texas, where she had spent several months hiding from the popos, and she was using heroin. That, you know what? She looks like it. She's white. And you know white people like opiates. <laughs> because I'm half white and I fucking love opiates. But anyways, half of me, I think more than half of me likes opiates. Anyways, let's let's get, let's keep it fucking going. Um so yeah, she was convicted on four counts of murder and sentenced to life in prison. She'll be eligible for parole in twenty forty six when that bitch is sixty years old. Over there, over some drugs, man. That's fucking bullshit. All right. We're going it down. We're taking it on down to Jacksonville, Florida. That's right. To um, Joshua Phillips. Anybody remember Josh Phillips? This was in 1998. He was 14 years old uh, when he hit an 8-year-old, uh, Maddie Clifton, with a baseball bat. And then he stabbed her to death and hid her body under his bed. What the fuck? When Maddie was reported missing, Phillips joined the hundreds of search volunteers who scoured the woods and the dumpsters around the neighborhood. A week later, Phillips' mother noticed a liquid coming from under the bed and discovered Maddie's body. When Josh finally confessed to the police... He claimed that the murder began as just a fucking accident. After inadvertently striking Maddie with the bat, he panicked and carried her to his room. 
Later, when she was moaning in his room, he decided to just kill that bitch. And anyways, during the trial, it ended up coming out that Phillips was frightened by his reportedly abusive father and had panicked because he feared his father's reaction. And then Joshua Phillips was sentenced to life in prison. Man, you can read more about that story on Google and shit, but jeez, that's wild. Now, let's come over here. Oh, yeah. Come on. I know it can't, it can't be all white folks. We got a black homie right here, Nathaniel Abraham. This was also in uh, Pontiac, Michigan. So, taking it up there to Michigan. I got family up there. What's up, my brother George? This is back in 97. So, Nathaniel Abraham, he was just 11 years old when he shot and killed an 18-year-old Ronnie Green Jr., according to the court documents. And that's just what they, quote, documented. I, I love, oh, I love loopholes in the court. Anyways, Nathaniel was playing with a gun, told his friends to watch as he pointed and fired the gun at Green, who was standing in the distance. And, of course, Green was struck by the bullet and died shortly thereafter. Nathaniel was arrested, ooh, and taken to jail. And, of course, he had a very, very expensive lawyer and got off. Uh, oh, wait, no, this isn't OJ. Nope, he was absolutely arrested and convicted of murder. He was released in 2007 at the age of 20, given access to, like, state rehab pro uh, that provided him with college tuition and housing. Damn! You can get free college and, and free housing for killing people? Shit. What have I done with my life? Anyways, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> his freedom didn't last very long. Just 18 months later, he's arrested again for dealing drugs and went back to prison, uh, getting paroled in 2017. For the next several years, he was finally out of trouble with the law, but was ultimately sent back again to prison. For more serious drug charges. According to his prisoner page on the Michigan Departments of Corrections website, his earliest release date would be February 2025. But if he serves his full sentence, he won't be paroled till 2059. Jesus! Man, them drugs must be keeping a hold on you. Alright, so the next one is uh, Lionel Tate. This is back in 1999. Yeah, baby. Uh, and Pembroke Park, Florida. Uh, now look, I swear I'm not just simply targeting black folks. I know people like to come to conclusions real quick. This is one. If this comes back on me, it's your fucking ass. You'll be fired. I'm just kidding. I can't fire you. <laughs> Anyways, um, Lionel Tate, he was a 12 year old bully with fucking anger issues. who was left alone to watch a six year old girl. Whenever his mother went upstairs for a nap. That's the problem. You left a 12-year-old with somebody half his age and to babysit while you take a fucking nap. Why do you even babysitting? They brought this over for you to babysit. Not the kid. Anyways, Lionel ended up beating that child to death. And at his trial, he claimed that he was practicing wrestling moves. And that the death was an accident. Tate was tried as an adult. And initially sentenced to life in prison without parole. 
But, of course, this was reduced on appeal. You know, you got to repeal this shit. You got to repeal. If you get a sentence and you don't appeal, you're fucking dumbass. Um, so, yeah, Tate was eventually released while still a teen, but it didn't last long in the free world. He was soon sent back for an armed robbery of, get this, a fucking pizza delivery driver. <laughs> Tate is currently serving time at a correctional facility in Florida and will be eligible for parole in 2030 fucking one. Yeah. All right. Let's go back on to the white folks, right? The crazy ones. Oh, this guy's a redhead, too. He looks like he's crazy. You, you see these glasses? He's all like, man, fuck him. I kill him all over again, bitch. I don't give a fuck. I wish y'all could see this picture. Anyway, this guy is Eric Smith. This was back in uh, 1993. He was 13 years old in Savona, New York. So, big shout out to New York. Eric Smith, he was a 13-year-old who was bullied by his peers. And one day, he coached 4-year-old Derek Roby into the woods near their day camp where he struck the boy repeatedly with a large rock. Now, Smith also strangled Robbie, Robbie, and what the fuck? See, this is how I know it got into that white boy shit. He penetrated him with a stick. <laughs> a few days later, he confessed to his parents, penetrated his fool with a stick? What kind of fucking psychotic... Damn, man. See, next time you bully somebody, you just keep in mind that you don't know what they're capable of. They might just go stick a stick up somebody's ass. That's crazy. So Eric Smith, he would be sentenced to nine years to life in prison. The maximum that was allowed for juveniles at the time. And he was eligible for parole starting in 2020. Or, I'm sorry, 2002. And, uh, of course, he was denied 10 times before finally getting released in 2022. Oh, man. Since we're on a streak with the white folks, let's go on to Alyssa Bustamante. Alyssa, this is in 2009, so this ain't too fucking far along, you know, ago. She was 15 years old in St. Martin's, Missouri. She's 15-year-old when she decided, let me see, and she's a redhead. What are the fucking options? They say they don't have no soul. That has to, yet to be determined. Anyways, she was 15 years old and when she decided that uh, she wanted to know what it felt like to murder someone. I mean, I think we all have had that come across our mind at some point in time, but we just didn't do it. Um, she dug two large holes nearby uh, in a nearby forested area and then followed and ambushed nine-year-old elizabeth olden stabbing her repeatedly Alyssa placed the girl's body into the grave and covered that shit with some leaves because that's how you get rid of a body cover it with leaves um <laughs> during Alyssa's murder trial psychologists for the defense, testified that she suffered from major depression 
and possibly borderline personality disorder. She, uh, of course, right, defense is going to find any little thing. Um, she also had a pattern of suicide attempts and self-harm. But it was the teenager's own words, her diary entries, and more that provided the most disturbing evidence of her mental instability. Now, she wrote, I strangled them and slit their throat and stabbed them. Now they're dead. I don't know how to feel ATM at the moment. It was amazing. That's not how you spell amazing, you dumb cunt. Anyways, as soon as you get over the, oh my god, I can't do this feeling, it's pretty enjoyable. I'm kind of nervous and shaky though right now. Okay, gotta go to church now, lol. That's some shit that my daughters would say. Some Like, what the fuck? Alyssa Bustamante was sentenced to life in prison. And she'll be eligible for parole in like fucking 60 years. Or I guess when she's 60. Man, this shit is fucking crazy. And these are people that you all may know around the fucking U.S. Wow. Um, this one. Oh, she looks like a dope head. Uh, Aaron Caffey. Caffey. Oh, another Texas. Alba, Texas. Mm. She was 15 years old when she planned the murders of her entire family. Jeez, how are you going to be the last one alive from your family? <laughs> They're like, oh, gee, I wonder who it could be. Um, Aaron's parents, they were not happy that she was dating an older man. And they attempted to prevent this pedophile from, uh, I mean, from seeing this pedophile. Instead of breaking up, the two planned her family's murders. What a great idea. The boyfriend was joined by an accomplice, and the two entered the cafe house household and shot Aaron's father, who ended up surviving the attack, along with her mother and Aaron's younger brother. Another younger brother was stabbed to death, and then uh, the two men... They lit the family's house on fire. Erin initially concocted a kidnapping alibi, but her story soon fell apart. For her involvement in planning the murders, Erin uh, was sentenced to life in prison without parole. So that shit just didn't fucking work now, did it? Now, all right, we can't stay on just nothing but white folks here. Let's get on Craig Price, right? We're taking it black back, black to the hood, right? <laughs> this is in Rhode Island, Warwick, Rhode Island. Uh, he's incarcerated in Florida. But anyways, Craig Price is a serial killer who committed his crimes between the ages of 13 and 15 years old. Fuck. That is wild. When I was 13 and 15, I was thinking about, like, fucking chicks and, like, getting some pussy. Anyways, he started his career committing petty crimes like robbery, breaking and entering, and eventually his behavior escalated and he killed two women and two children before he was caught. He remains a disturbed and aggressive person, even while incarcerated adding many additional years to his prison term due to violent behavior. Right? Let me guess. They called him a thug. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, let's keep it going, man. Down to number nine. This is uh, 
Nehemiah Griego. Griego. This is like this Hispanic looking dude with big ass fucking Dumbo ears. <laughs> this was back in 2013 in South Valley, New Mexico. Oh shit. Not too far from Texas. Uh, Nehemiah. Nehemiah. We'll just call him. I'll try to pronounce it. He was 15 years old when he murdered his parents and three younger siblings. Fuck. His oldest sister, Annette, who witnessed the killings, testified in court about his brutality. Snitched on by your own sister. So much for blood thicker than water. Anyways, um, so she says, while my helpless brother rushed to his mother's aid, trying to stop the bleeding and wiping her blood away, uh, Nehemiah pointed the gun at his face and told him, he's next. Oh. At first, Nehemiah was sentenced to a juvenile facility as authorities waited to see how his mental health treatment was progressing. In 2019, a judge decided that this dude responded poorly to treatment. And <laughs> he was sentenced as an adult and must serve his entire 30-year sentence before he's eligible for parole. 30 fucking years. Not bad. Right? For killing your whole family? Alright, let's go to another one in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. <whistles> right? We got a boomer sooner. This was back in 1985 and 86. This guy was 15 to 16 years old. Uh, spoiler alert, he was executed in 1999. Sean Sellers was 16 years old when he was arrested for the murder of his parents in 1986. Damn, that's two years before my day. According to court documents, Sean fatally shoots his mother and stepfather while they slept. Not a bad way to go. Once he was arrested... Sellers confessed to murdering a store clerk in 85. He was convicted of all three murders, sentenced to death. Sellers, who blamed the murders on both demonic possession and an addiction to the role-playing game Dungeons and Dragons, who would eventually be executed in 1999. <laughs> I think uh, in 1990... Uh, there was an author who um, interviewed Sellers for a study, and he was conducting on the uh, alleged dangers of Dungeons and & Dragons. And he said, while it is true that D&D &D contributed to my interest and knowledge of occultism, I must be fair and explain to what, I'm extent, what I extent D&D &D contributed. No, bitch, don't blame the fucking game. That's fucking stupid. You know everybody's trying to do that shit. Try to blame somebody fucking else. Anyways. So that's that. Um, I, Those of you listening. You may or you may not. Recognize these people. Involved. Um, in the. In the fucking murders. But yeah. These are young ass people killing. You know. I didn't think that this many young ass people. Just 
kill people so much. I mean, it couldn't be the media. It couldn't be the movies, the TV shows, the video games, and the and the fucking. Please don't let it be the video games because I love killing people on video games. But what about the music? Be like, I stay strapped. Go and hit a black, 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 black. Niggas hit me up. Blinky got to hit me up. Middle of the ball. <laughs> Anyways. Oh man. That that was crazy, right? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I find that I'm 35 year old man. I'm I'm it just blows my fucking mind that you know, this is what we have. And that was back in the day. Nowadays, people are starting to realize that you just can't get off with claiming insanity. It's just not going to work. So, little by little, people are starting to try to find other ways to kill people. But, man, imagine what would happen if people just left others alone. <laughs> Anyways, guys. Listen, that's all I got. Oh, of course, the cat has to interrupt. Where are you at? You crazy cat. Of course, the cat has to interrupt. Everything was going smooth, and then the cat interrupts. Anyways, um, guys, it is Halloween night. I don't expect everybody to listen to this until tomorrow. But still, uh, those of you who are... I hope that you have a very safe Halloween night. I know how this shit can go, and this shit can go crazy. Get the fuck down, goddamn fucking cat. You know, I I only talk to him like that. Only. I, I only talk to him like that because he knows. I mean, I'm sorry. He doesn't know what I'm saying. He's over here saying, he's probably thinking, I'm looking out for you. I'm looking out for you. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, my cat is literally inches away from my laptop. So the moment that he steps on this, uh, the episode will end and will be posted as soon as I get him back. He, We never let him in this room. So he is like having a, a fucking spacious, orgasmic experience. It's almost like like he was allowed to take DMT, LSD, and mushrooms. Oh, he got down. See? He must have saw the threat. I was going to dose his ass with LSD. I knew a buddy of mine that dosed his cat with LSD, liquid LSD. And the cat was just like frozen next to him the entire time. Cat had no fucking idea what the fuck he was experiencing. And just imagine that one dose for a human. Imagine how many like super stupid doses that was for a cat. That was probably like a 10 strip for a cat. And his first time he was just like, oh my God, my little brain. <laughs> Man, I'm just glad none of my cats have to deal with that shit. Those of you that have drugs and want to drug your animals, by all means, go for it. Um, I hope you don't because 
life is good without drugs. Okay, there's no need to give your cats and dogs uh, cocaine. There's no need. Uh, there's no need. So uh, especially cats. Cats go streaking across the room for no fucking reason. So the last thing they need they need is a fucking reason to go running across the room, and then just knocking shit over with their eyes wide open. <laughs> Oh, uh, no, guys. All jokes aside, uh, I've, I've had so many chicken wings. I, I treated myself today to a 12-piece uh, of chicken wings, and I am so full. Oh, I am so full right now, and I still got to go out there and grind. But <sighs> that's just what I got to do. Anyways, uh, uh, thank you once again for tuning in. Of course, I will see you all next time. I hope you enjoyed the episode. This one was a little chilling for me because all of our kids are the one people or the one person we never suspect to be killers. And then just imagine like your child becomes a killer and gets taken down by the cops or FBI and you're just like... This motherfucker could have iced me all along. I did something, right? You know what? I'm glad I bought you that PlayStation 5. Nice. <laughs> Anyways, guys. Um, again, be safe out there. Uh, trick-or-treating with your kids. If you're going to any parties, any Halloween parties, please, please, please. Either pregame or watch your drinks. I know how shitty people fucking are. And it doesn't matter what state or country that you're in. There's always a loser out there that's trying to fuck uh, because he has no game. He or she. Now, I'm not going to discriminate here. If a woman who has a decent-sized body, decent-sized face, nice titties, something that you can really slide your snossage up and down between. <laughs> and if she just does, simply doesn't have no game, I will grab her wrist and be like, "Hey, hey, 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 uh-uh." <laughs> There's no need for that, baby. <laughs> we can get it while we're both awake. <laughs> oh God, I'm a damn fool. Anyways, y'all have a great day. I love you guys. Thank you once again for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Peace.